All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Down by the Bank, uh, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Clay County's only brew pub, K3 here with us. What's up, guys? Um, enjoying this, you know, Halloween week going into uh, the, the holidays, Thanksgiving. People don't even think about Thanksgiving no more. They just skip straight to Christmas because all the emails and stuff come out. I don't get it. How can you, yeah. skip? How can you skip Thanksgiving? Like, literally, how? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it either. It, it's crazy. The, uh, you know, I look forward to getting my Reese's. I don't know about you, but I'm a big Reese's guy. And then I look forward to, you know, some Thanksgiving food. But yeah. You're a Reese's guy? Yeah, Reese's, like, man. Like, pieces, like Reese's Pieces like or like the, the original, the OG, Buttercup. OG, <laughs> peanut butter cups. <laughs> I saw something and I was digging through the kids' candy and I saw there's like a peanut butter cup with Reese's Pieces inside of it. So it's like this has to be some type of genocide or, or something, right? Yeah. I, I, just, I don't know, man. Something to do, something about... When you put peanut butter and chocolate together man, as a as a treat, ever since I was a little kid, it's just like it's like heaven. So you're you're a chocolate peanut butter kind of guy. I, I roll with the 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 uh, the sweet tarts, um, sour patch kids, you name it. Anything like sweet chewy like that, Mike and Ike, man. That's 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 what I'm hoarding myself for the kids. You, you like that sugar shock? Yeah, huh? man. Yeah, I, and, I, and, uh, I wanted to hit me in the back of the back of the uh, back of my gums. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's sugar shocks with an X, you know, S H O X. Okay, not shock like electric, but like shock like oh shoot, man. Yeah, you're going to end up taking some uh some diabetic medication after you're done with this. Uh, yeah, for for sure, man. I I try to limit it, man, but yeah, I can't 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 stay away from those sour patch kids, man. Those are those those are the best. But yeah, man, we uh coming back from the recap of I guess the the last game, the Eagles game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gosh, terrible, man. Just terrible. So th- there, there's got to be a silver lining to this, right? Because honestly, if if we would have recorded, we would have had our crystal ball or magic eight ball. If I would have told you that you know Blake wasn't going to have a turnover, throw for you know over 250 yards, have the ball, you know, in the fourth quarter with an opportunity to score, defense has already given me two turnovers. I would have easily said that I would have put money on it in Vegas that it would have been a W. Well, somehow we still we still lose. Here's the thing. The locker room is all but lost. When you have your, your quarterback, your leader, that's supposed to be – he's supposed to be the strongest person mentally on the team. Mm-hmm. Short memory, coming back no matter what, you know, whatever it may be. But we don't have that. So, and, you know, there's been all kind of talk that, you know, the, the offensive line is a problem, too. There's no running game. Uh, the defense isn't playing lights out like it was last year. We expected that. Those are things that we called uh, at the beginning of the season in regards to the injuries, you know, where the injury bug has hit us big time. The defense, we've got a full year of tape that's available to other teams on our defense. Mm-hmm. You knew that other teams were going to try to approach them differently. And the fact that some of the cube teams we played, they didn't have their number one QBs. So we throw that into consideration. But that does not matter. Not every defense is going to be lights out for years and years in a row. It just doesn't happen in the National Football League. But the point is I'm trying to make, 
you still can gather up all those factors, but a team can still rally and come together and win some ball games. But you can't do it when they don't agree on the quarterback position. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, it's a it's it's a morale uh, it's a morale deflator. Uh, I thought it was really funny how with halftime to go. I think it was like 30 seconds and they ran a play. Then they decided to take it back into the locker room. That's the same thing that like Doug Peterson, uh, you know, kind of gave Maroon a little bit of slack for last year in the AFC championship. Like, you know, why not continue to go down and try to get at least a scoring drive? Uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff always irks me as a fan. Like why not try to at least, you know, get some extra stats or get something, you know, some type of momentum plays going in because I believe in momentum. I think momentum is something that's, you know, it, it, it's measurable, but it's not. You know, it's kind of like air. You, you can't really see it. Uh, you can't really grab it, but you can feel it. You know what I mean? You can feel, feel the momentum shifting. And when the Eagles, when we were expected to kind of score and then get the ball back at half, they flipped the field. They were able to score and get the ball back at half and score again. And now you're down two scores. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's like – and then and just seeing the morale and just seeing some of the, some of the body language – uh, you know, on, on the team, seeing some of the body language in the receivers. Uh, it, 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 it's kind of sad, man. It, it, it sucks to be, you know, the bully. And then when you come back and, you know, now teams are finding ways to, to really kind of expose you, really kind of get you off your rocker, really mm-hmm. find different ways to beat you. And it's aggravating because there really isn't any adjustments. Uh, there really isn't anything being made, but, I agree with you, man. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. If it is, if it is in fact Blake, um, if some of the team has seen, you know that that Kessler can come in with the same, you know, offensive personnel and still be able to to, to make plays. I don't know if that's like still in their mind. But either way, man, we're on a bye week right now. What can we do to fix it? That's a good question. Obviously, the answer is. You make moves. You, you do things as a team to improve your team. The Jags feel that they have the pieces in place. The, the Landry Jones signing, you know, get out of here, whatever. Um, we'll, we'll go to that here in a second. But bottom line is they're not playing well. They're not communicating well. And half of them seem like they really don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't get. So – and I'm gonna go out a little bit on this because I, I just there's nothing else to say. When you have people that are supposed to be making personnel decisions, and like your GM, your vice, you know, president of football operations, Coughlin, Caldwell, GM, and Marone's the coach. So those are your three guys. But they're they're like I don't know if they're narrow minded or what, but they are like just trying to you know pound that square peg into this round hole. Right. And when you have the rest of the league that says, hey, he stinks. Other players on other teams, they're saying he stinks in a professional way. J.J. Watt, what he said at the end of the Texans game, oh, we were just waiting for him to do what he does, not let him scramble, and then we're going to capitalize. That was, we're going to wait for him to mess up, not let him scramble, and then we're going to capitalize. <laughs> right. When has the NFL player ever said that about another player? We're going to wait for him. To, <laughs> that's what that meant. So, and then even the, even the vets, the guys that, you know, as Dion said, they have the gold jacket that I didn't buy. They're even saying it. And some of those guys don't like each other. And they're all saying the same thing. 
But, oh, no, our front office, hey, you know, hey, no, we know more than they do. No, you don't. <laughs> I can't stand it with people like you dudes have put their blood, sweat, and tears 15 years, some of them in the league. They know. As fans, we don't. And obviously our front office, which I'm not going to put this on Coughlin, put this more on Caldwell, you don't either. So there's a lot to you know to be said, but it is a team sport. It's a team effort. And as a team, we stink. Right. Looking at this schedule coming up, we're sitting three and five. Uh, um, well, yeah. Before we even go into the remaining of the schedule, it, it it can't all be on five, right? Yeah. No, it, 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 it's not. It, it all can't be on five. Um, I'm going to take the injury factor out because you 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 can only control what you can control, right? So you can't control somebody getting rolled up on. Uh, you can't control um, an ACL tear or hamstring, uh, you know, a stub toe in the middle of the night going and get some cookies and milk. You can't control that, right? Nope. nope. <laughs> but what you can control is your play call. You can control your adjustments. You can control the amount of film. Um, and you can control tendencies that things are being seen. Um, you can also control the amount of effort that you put into the play. And I think a lot of it goes back into the receivers, to be to be real with you. I, I feel like our, our receiving core as ragtag maybe is, is the bunch or, or maybe mediocre uh, uh, as it is. I feel like they've left more plays than any other unit on our team out there, period. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the drops, I mean, Keelan Cole made that miraculous catch uh, at the beginning of the year. He's plastered on T-shirts and everything else like that. He hasn't done anything since. He's not a drop. He's hurt us since. Yeah, not a, not a single thing. He, he's been a, he he's literally hurt us since. You know, I'm talking about you know the 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 fumbles, the the drops. I mean, and the passes are being delivered on target, being right to him. We're not getting like those Allen Robinson balls that we got a couple of years back. You know, we're getting balls directly in the numbers. And you and you're dropping them, hitting you directly in the hands. or dropping them. Uh, I, I see a lot of you know maybe wrong routes being ran. Uh, I see a lot of giving up on the plays that no one's talking about. Moncrief giving up mm-hmm. on some plays. Um, and again, the rookie. Even though everyone's saying that DJ Chark, he's a rookie, he can do this, he can do that. Hey man, you played at a Division One football school, a prominent D1 school, an LSU. You should be able to make a catch. Yeah, you you should. Absolutely. You should be able to make a catch. I don't care if it hits you in the hands twice. Uh, you, you know the 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 ground was soggy or whatever. You should be able to make a catch. And they're they're leaving plays on the field. They're leaving vital plays on the field that can continue to matriculate us downfield. Even when we make plays and they do catch the ball, like on a third and seven, and we get a six yard out route and you're getting ran out of bounds. That's a play being left on the field. You got to be smarter than that and run the play to the sticks. Keep the ball going. I mean, right now, our, our our best defensive player on the team, or excuse me, our best offensive uh, player right now uh, is T.J. Yeldon. I mean, and that's him leading the leading the team in, in rushing and receiving yards. And that's amazing that he is our, our our primary offensive weapon right now, due to injuries. And everyone and, and all the players that are injured on the team, they get a pass, except for Leonard Fournette in my book. He doesn't get a pass, right? He gets no pass. Why? Why? Because he doesn't do anything in the offseason. Okay. 
it's, it's, it's evident. He doesn't do a thing. He might run or go to the beach out in L.A., you know, hang out, you know, flex some muscles, wear a shirt, you know, do a little something with one of these guys that, you know, certified NFL trainer on Instagram or some crap like that. But when it comes to, you know, getting getting down, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, man. Mm -hmm. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. You ain't got time to be pretty, trying to look good. trying to No. What is it? Parcell said it when when he was coaching the Cowboys. He asked Tony Romo. Tony Romo wanted to go do this golf thing and do this movie thing. And not to talk too much off off topic here, but he said, "Do you want to be a quarterback or do you want to be Hollywood? Because if you want to be a quarterback, you got to ditch that Hollywood stuff." Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Romo chose Hollywood, and you can see why he's not only out of the league now, but he didn't win a single Super Bowl and. They didn't do too many things in the playoffs either. Right. So who was right and who was wrong? Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I agree. I, I agree. But, I mean, I think 2-7, he, he's I, – I can't really count him out because of, of the injury. Like, I mean, I, and, and that probably leads back into Caldwell because, I mean, when this dude was at LSU, man, he was getting – I mean, he was running the ball like 30-plus times and carrying the team. So, of course, he had the ankle surgery. Um, you know, he's, he's banged up. So that that kind of falls back on you know my theory of taking a running back in the in the in the first round and granted it's worked out for you know the Giants right now with Saquon but I mean it's a very rare you know occurrence that you get a first round talent at the running back position that has some tread left on the tires you know what I mean Yeah yeah it is my biggest thing though is you take care of yourself if you if you really it, it makes me question your passion like, how bad do you really want this? Do you want it just for the money to take care of your family and security? Which, hey, that's great, dude. That is great. But if you really want to win, and that's separating, like, you know, players that, that do well. That's why Brady at 41 is still killing everybody. Is because he really wants to win. He wants it that bad. Sometimes I believe that Jalen Ramsey wants it that bad, just that, you know, his ego can get in the way, which, hey, you got to have an ego, some couple of ego players on your team to win Super Bowl. So that's why I always agree with whatever he's doing. Right. But at the end of the day, he got like the, the, the hamstring and the ankle and uh, all this stuff. And people, you know, you know, he's got a little tweak. Can't really go. Hey, man, T.O. played in a Super Bowl with some screws in his ankle. True. You know, just just putting that out there. Uh, Emmett Smith ran the ball hard. Against the Giants back in 91, 92 with a separated shoulder, sprained AC joint. Okay. And yeah, that one, we're just talking about one game here. But what I'm saying is, you know, that, that spills toughness. So, I mean, Deshaun Watson just beat us with a, a, a deflated, a deflated lung. Deflated, <laughs> deflated lung. Yeah. Yeah. So, where's, where's the, where's the, where's the toughness at with that? And you got, you got nothing. You, you got nothing. So, Hopefully he, he does come back healthy. Hopefully we are you know he's able to really get back on track and do some things and just hire a, a yoga instructor, Pilates. You're big on this yoga. Uh, yeah, band work. Something I don't know, man. Every time you look at like player like let's like Tio, he used to talk about all that stuff and people would you know oh why are they making fun of him when all the bands and the tights and stuff he's wearing and flexing and stretching on the field. When did you see him missing a game, except for when he had his ankle snapped into by Roy Williams? Never. Never. Yeah, he was a loud mouth and a locker room cancer. But 
When when you see him miss a game, never. I just you know you want what's best for the team as a fan, and Fournette, we need your help, man. We could really use you. Well, I mean, we got, that's what this is all we about. Got eight, okay, so we've got eight games coming up right now. They're sitting at three and five right now. You know, midseason three and five. Um, you know, you hear a lot of the players, whether you're watching or listening to 10 XL or however you're, you know, following the Jaguars if you're out of market. Uh, Calais and some of the leaders, you know, have, have said that, you know, hey, we just need to get this right. I think they're running out of time to get things right. I mean, because you got Indy uh, at Indianapolis. You, that right now, they're getting people back. And, you know, look, so, see, the thing about Indy that, that, that kind of worries me is that these jokers are putting up at least three, four touchdowns a game. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, so it, it, and the confidence in the defense really, if, if, if our defense was playing like Saxonville of last year, and I know it's hindsight, I wouldn't be worried about it uh, because, you know, we, we've been amassing the turnovers. We've been getting the sacks. We've been doing those things. And those things are a little bit in existence, right? They're in existent right now. So if it, that 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 indie game is going to be such a crucial game for us. I think the Indy, the Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Indy, Tennessee, that's like five straight games that have playoff impact only because number one, you got your AFC South opponent, uh, three out of those five games. And then two, you've got AFC opponents, which is gonna help. You know, the more you win in your conference is going to help your your better chances for like wild cards and everything else like that, right? So, I mean, Indy, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Indy, Tennessee, right out the gate, only two home games in there too. Yeah, that, that's going to be that's huge. Only having, uh, well, no, we got one, two, we got three home games left. No, no, no. I'm saying in that five game stretch though. Oh, okay. The Indy games. Hey, they got a they got a kid named Marlon Mack. Okay, he went to USF. Um, he's running. He's running the ball really well. And we can't stop the run to save our life. Barry Church, Gibson come up. Here comes the pass. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck seems to have his arm back. So no more, you know, facing Jacoby Brissett or somebody they signed off the street. We're actually going to get the Colts. Yeah, they're two and whatever, three and whatever. We don't know what the record is right now. But they can be very dangerous. Pittsburgh, they're about to make their playoff push, and they don't miss Le'Veon at all. Buffalo has a very tough defense, so that'll be a real you know barn burner, nine to six, six to nine. Here we're really good at those games. Just ask Tennessee. That Buffalo game is going to be good, man, just because it is kind of like a little bittersweet rivalry, and uh, yeah. you know that's something that we're looking forward to. We got to get those guys from Rockpile, uh, yeah, on, on again. Tennessee, uh, good luck with that. Even with Mariota with his bad nerve in his arm, you know. On a Thursday night. just Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Here's a game that people say, okay, they got Alex Smith and da-da-da-da-da, you know, Washington. If we play like we've been playing now, Washington going to beat the brakes off of us. Okay, they're 5-3, and three, and they are playing very well. Adrian Peterson looks like he's 25 years old instead of on his way to 35. They, they can really take it to us. Mm-hmm. They got a tight end too. And then, yeah, uh, what's what's? Oh gosh, I can't think of his name. Oh, Jordan Reed. Where's he from? Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, you would know that. No Gator. Yeah, you would know that. And then and then finish up at Miami and Houston. So and hey guys, Houston's not playing around. Yeah, they got okay? better. They got better yeah. with the trade deadline, man. 
Yeah, yeah. Houston, Houston's not playing around this year. They, they, they have. Let me tell you how this works. They see a window that's open, and they are maximizing the opportunity. Yeah. Case, case closed. Okay. Maybe we should learn how to do that. Caldwell. They're definitely in win now mode because when Fuller goes down, and Fuller was having a, uh, I mean, a breakout year. Fuller was 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 being, you know, I, I thought he was, you know, uh, well, I, I guess next to DeAndre Hopkins, anybody would be, you know, uh, a two. But he was getting a lot of the targets and he was getting making a lot of the plays with what he was given, you know. Um, so now they bring over, um, De, uh, not Demaris, Demaris, Demaris Thomas, Demaris Thomas. And it seems like Houston has always, always had like a dominant receiver. I mean, think back to the Andre Johnson days, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Now they just get even better, you know, there uh, at receiver, which is going to be a test. And the way Watson's been playing, they are literally one piece away. They're, they're a running back away. They're, they're a running yeah, back yeah. away from being a, a, a legit contender, um, you know, with anybody else. Cause, I mean, you got Watt and – Clowney, who are finally starting to play together. Not saying this is a Houston Texans, you know, love fest or anything, but you know, reality is reality. You know, they're they're, they're getting better. Yeah, and, and Lamar Miller's been running the ball well for them. You know, he's got back to back hundred yard games. Hey, this is a schedule that can swing both ways. It just depends on what team wants to show up. Defense, you know, they they've released a statement saying that you know it's on us to to turn this thing around. The defense. I like that statement, but I don't like that statement. I like that statement because they're showing ownership and saying that they haven't played well. But I also don't like that statement because they don't have any confidence in the offense. They're injury riddled, also. I mean, we we, yeah. we had we had a fourth string rookie covering Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they're injury they're just as injury riddled as as any you know any other position group, um, or excuse me, as just as much as the offense is as well. But I mean. The defense has got we we got to get the turnovers and most importantly we got to get off the field on third down. We've been getting destroyed on third down and it's third and long too. Like I can understand like a third and three, third and two, but like third and ten, third and twelve, third and seven, obvious passing plays, mm-hmm. getting torched. When you look at the scheme of things with with the the, the scheme they run, and it's funny because there was a, a, a Twitter debate a few weeks ago. Amongst some, uh, some you know, a jag legend, a guy at ten ten that I have no comment about, and a friend of the, a friend of the program here, uh, kind of hopped into it, and they were talking about the scheme and whatnot and the coverages and all that, and you know, one was saying they need to revamp. The NFL, you know, legend was saying you don't know what you're talking about. Forget all that. Okay, here's what we know: words out. Because offenses are moving the ball. Now, if it's injuries, if it's they don't like Bortles and the offense and they're mad and they're not playing hard, we don't know. But here's the thing. Word is out and teams are moving the ball a lot better on us than they did last year. Right. So adjustments need to be made to make up for the fact that we aren't playing well. You can't keep doing the same thing. That's what we do know. And the question is, what is that? Do you blitz more, play man more, play zone more, drop back, go on the cup? Who, who knows? The, there's some the, the depth hasn't been there. That's one thing. We don't have the depth that we had uh, last year. Uh, we just traded away some of that depth, uh, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the the injuries, Jalen's been nicked up. They've definitely had some issues 
on the line. There's been a couple of guys. Clayus has gone off the field a few times. So, yeah, they're playing, but I'm saying they may not be 100%. I don't think I don't so, think very many very many teams are 100% right now and if they are, it's you know, it's their destiny, you know what I mean? It's their it's their year. But what but what I'm saying is last year we were closer to 100% than most teams. Right. And look where we went. You know, we didn't have <laughs> any, we didn't have any nicks. Yeah. Now we got nicks and bumps and bruises all over mm-hmm. the place. And that was having two straight years in a row where you have little to no injuries, that's unheard of in in the National Football League. So Dante Fowler, third and a fifth. Yeah. I like it. You know, he was gonna go anyway. The team was tired of him and he was tired of Yannick probably. Right. So, um, stole his thunder, and rightfully so. He man's played exceptionally well and and played his heart out. So, hey, uh, hope everything goes well for you with with the Rams. You, you're going to join a gosh. You want to take a look at a defensive line? People watch a Rams game. Oh my gosh, man! I mean, you got yeah. Sue, Aaron Donald, and now Fowler. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Good luck. Good luck, man. That is that that's insane. The, my concern about the Dante pick is he, as much as he's been a, I don't want to say distraction, maybe nuisance, probably, or just you know, just you know, just out there. He has been impactful, uh, especially on third down on obvious passing downs. You know, one thing he does do is he does get around. Uh, he does create a little bit of disruption. But does that put us out of win now mode to now where we're just trying to stack picks and try to look for the future? Like the thing that I want to avoid so much as as a Jaguars fan is that those dark years, you know, those quote unquote rebuilding years. And it's really weird how some teams in the NFL just historically stay at the bottom. Some teams historically stay in the middle. And then some teams are always in the mix and you can never count them out until the season's over with and usually chill at the top. And I don't want the Jags to continue to fall in that basement of the lower level, you know, tier of teams. And I think when you when you start to stack up picks like this and try to start looking forward into things in the future, it's never really guaranteed because they have always picked a player. And I know draft talk is like in hindsight and everything, but they've always seemed to pick a player when another like rock star has a bona fide superstar in the NFL is still on the board. And, and you know that's the thing that I don't really have faith in the in the in the Jags draft historically. I mean, the GMs that we've had have you know haven't been really big hits, so it's not like we can just say, oh, well, we've got the draft coming up. I, I just don't like the stacking of the picks because I, I really think it puts us into you know kind of back into that rebuild that rebuild mode instead of win now. We are very good at picking players that can certainly, you know, help the team do well, you know, pro bowlers, you know, Telvin fifth round pick Jalen was a no brainer people. So he doesn't count. All right. Yannick. That was a good pick. What second round, right? Third, I think. Um, third round. Okay. Third round. So, okay. Um, Miles Jack. Miles Jack. That was, that was a big risk because no one knew how bad his knee was. Right. It was shredded. That's all they knew. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a good risk. What we're talking about is the players, the, the picks that you can't miss. Yeah. The picks that you, you you cannot miss in any way, shape, or form. And I don't understand how 
we haven't been able to hit on some of these picks. Whether it be, I mean, if you go back to the previous GM or now the GM, like, I mean, just totally missing. It's like you're at the, you're at the plate and you, you're in a fastball count in baseball and you get a curveball and you just whiff. That's what we're doing. I mean, just completely whiffing. If Bortles and what I and what let's and what I mean by this, if Bortles gets cut tomorrow, does another NFL team sign him? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm gonna go with no. That's a really good question. If he if if Blake Bortles gets cut tomorrow, does he does he find a spot on another team? Is it is it because does does he find a spot as like a maybe second second third round or excuse me second third string well not really third string I don't know many teams that keep a third uh, QB some well I mean we just signed one Landry Jones but I mean wow yeah that's a really good one I I don't know yeah he has to right I I, I don't think so I really don't think so it's almost like you you look at you know what's available out there. And there's not much, you know, college football is killing the NFL and the NFL is not going to adopt to spread. Okay. The defenses are too quick, too fast and too strong spread. They'll just DBs will eat that up all day. All that, you know, screen pass crap, especially stuff like the FSU is doing now. They'd eat that stuff up, uh, Oregon and all that junk. It's, it's made and primarily designed for the pro style system and how many colleges are running pro style systems. So you take the colleges that are running pro-style systems, which is limited, you have limited arms. Now, there are some exceptions, like um, uh, Pat Mahomes, okay, Kansas City. Then you went to Texas Tech. They're definitely spread. They, they sling it, chunk it, throw it, screen it all up and down the field 60 times a game. But they also have Andy Reid as a head coach. He also sat behind Alex so, Smith, too, who is who an, yeah. an above-average quarterback. So – you look at that, that's some real scouting and coaching because Andy Reid said, can I sit this kid for a year and say, hey, you're going to hold a clipboard and you're going to learn. Okay, you're going to learn how to play the position in a pro style system. And then once you learn with that arm you got, I'm telling you, you're going to be the baddest quarterback in the league. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding, man. Look at the stats. Yeah. I mean, look at the that wins. Be, that, that's to me that, but that is. You know, that's an, an extreme case. I mean, you can even kind of look at, uh, you know, what Carson Wentz did. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, golf. Jared, Jared Goff. And, yeah, I mean, Jared Goff. Sean McVay, says man. that Jared Goff is a system quarterback, you're not watching the Rams. Like, literally, this dude is making throws and dropping dimes left and right. So, how, I mean, it, I just hope, I just really hope that, and I'm still going to be a Jags fan and continue to hope, and but – you know, I've gotten texts from a couple of friends already that have said that if Bortles is a starting quarterback next year, they're not renewing their season tickets. And I'm just like, <laughs> I thought these days were long gone, but I mean, they're back. So the thing about Bortles, too, man, it, that 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 I know that's going to happen. I know that this dude is going to string together uh, some games, and I, and I don't mean to say the thing about Blake. I'm not making this about him again. You know, when when you are the quarterback, you know, you you carry the weight of the team. Uh, on your shoulders, but the thing I know he's going to string together maybe three or four games. I know it because he always does it. The inconsistency, it, it's just too up and down with this dude. And so, go ahead. And go ahead. that's what really got him, you know, the payday. The he, we 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 dropped a couple of games last year at the end of the year against uh, 
the 49ers and the Titans, and then playoff Blake got us to the AFC championship. So I see what they saw in him and the, the, the consistency. And then the beginning of the season, those three games, man, he was still playing. He was still doing what he needed to do. And now it's kind of, he went down for two games and then he showed back up yesterday or he showed back up last week against the Eagles. A decent Blake showed back up. You can't deny that. Oh, all right. So here, here's the difference, though. Let's say the Jags go six and two in these next eight games, which, by the way, having a bye week and played eight games in is a great, you know, a great schedule. Let's say they go six and two. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's that? Nine and seven. Let's say they squeak into the playoffs. Lose in the first round. Let's say eh, hypothetically, it may not happen. It may happen. We don't know. I bet you. I bet anyone, if the Jags make the playoffs this year, they don't draft another QB. Oh, bro, you're kidding. You you are no <laughs> no. You're gonna go on record. You, and, and here's why: I don't have faith in Caldwell that he would do it. I really don't. Why? They've coddled him all these years. Why would they stop? Why would they stop? Dude, they've got. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna we we have to miss the playoffs to get rid of them. I don't want. I would never cheer for my team to lose the team that I like that I cheer for and go to games. But what else could it be? They're going to have to miss the playoffs for the, for this whole situation. There's to dissolve. no way the inconsistent. I, there, there's no way he was inconsistent last year, and we're still sitting here talking about the same stuff. We're having the same conversations. Okay. Because it's about this time last year, we were having the same conversation. That dang it, man! Why don't they look at Kaepernick? Why don't they do something? Okay, then he goes on. You know, last five, six games of the season, he goes on the tear. He does well. We make it to the AFC Championship. All that good stuff. There's there. no way if with the inconsistency that he's shown and everything. If they did hypothetically, if they did go to the playoffs this year, right? And let's say they took a first round exit. And to, to caveat your point, if they go to the playoffs, they would have no choice but to get a quarterback in the draft simply because they're not going to be able to put up with this inconsistency that much longer. We can't have another season of the inconsistency. And again, it's not I'm not saying that the wins and the losses are his fault. It's just the inconsistencies of the quarterback position that they can't do without again. I mean, I go back to to Kessler coming in, Kessler coming in with the same offensive uh, personnel. He got a TD in the game against number ones also because their number ones were still in the game also. There's no way. So then, so why didn't why didn't they give Kessler an opportunity to start then? Because it, I mean, because it's London. I mean, it's the, no. the preparedness. No, the, the preparedness, the big, the game. There, no, if it was, and, and if it was a hypothetically again, because it seems like this is all we're, we're talking about hypothetical situations. If this game against the Eagles was in Jacksonville. With all of the without the media circus and the rah rah going to London and all this other stuff, if the game was in Jacksonville, I almost guarantee you that they would have gave Kessler the opportunity to start. No, no, it wouldn't have mattered. If and here's why, Coughlin doesn't look in and see or believe any of that crap as you know football operations president. And Marone seems like a non not uh, no nonsense kind of coach. So they would have been like, "Hey, Cody, man, you're up. This is the NFL." JK3, the NFL. These are supposed to be constant professionals. Yep. You're supposed to be ready to play at any given I time. Agree. Forget London. Hey, our defensive players took the limelight off the game with their little stunt they pulled. Right. I'm telling you, they will not draft 
if Caldwell is still there and this team makes the playoffs, they won't get another QB. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. They may get one, but it, it probably is going to be fifth, sixth, or seventh. Oh, round. yeah, yeah. You mean like somebody that's not going to challenge him for the court? Challenge him. Yeah, they're not going to bring anybody here to challenge him because there is something up with him mentally. We don't know what it is, but we know some games he shows up, some games he doesn't. And Caldwell, if that was the case, I mean, look, Minnesota went 14-2 and two or 13-3, and three, and they told Keenum to hit the road. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they didn't even keep – and that, that was after Teddy Bridge, yeah. uh, to, after Teddy Bridgewater was there too. So they've had literally three yeah. different quarterbacks starting that were would probably be you know a run. My so what I don't understand, and, and I, I kind of am. I don't want to. I want to stand firm in my in my thoughts. But if why did they bring quarterback? Uh, why didn't they bring quarterback competition in through training camp? We, we Teddy Bridgewater was there. Um, Tyrod Taylor. All the all the mediocre court, not mediocre, but all the quarterbacks that are in, all the, all the game yeah, managers, all the there. game managers are there. Yeah. So wh- why didn't they bring in the quarterback competition? Is it because you think that it, uh, of the uh, of the morale issue with Blake, like him, you know, him mentally not being that strong? I think so. What other answer do we have? What other answer do we have? He's the Pro Bowler. No, he threw thirty touchdowns in one season. Yeah, like four years ago in garbage time for the most part. <laughs> Okay. What other answer do we have? I'm going on record and saying they are protecting him. No, not they. Excuse me. Caldwell is protecting him. That's Caldwell's boy. Just, hey, man, what else could it be? Tell me, like, literally, what else could it be? Yeah. I, I, for I them to only bench him for a half, I bet you, I bet you that night, Sunday night, Marone, Caldwell, Coughlin, and if Khan, if he was here, he's probably on a conference call. We're probably yelling at each other in an office, and Con, you know, Caldwell's got Con's backing, and Marone and Coughlin are on the other side of the desk, and they're arguing back and forth. And Con's like, "Whatever Caldwell says, that's what goes." What else could it be? I mean, could we be com- that completely off that Marone is that blinded too? I, I don't think he's that blinded, but like you mentioned, the the GM. You know, really kind of makes it, and it really makes a, a, a question to me as what role Tom really does have in, in in the say so. Because a lot last year when when we were having the success of the team, um, you know, everybody wanted to thank and and gave Coughlin that that vote of confidence, right? They wanted to say it was oh, it was because Tom came back and everything. Uh, well, if you know the the way that that Coughlin runs the team, if he did actually run the team and he didn't believe in Blake as well. Don't we would have? Wouldn't we have seen another quarterback change by now? Yeah, if he had so. more say so into the, would, if he had more of his hand in the pot, you you would think so. The, the man's you know reached the the ultimate prize twice. You know, as he says, he, he's won. You know, you go to get to the tournament, and he's won it twice, and he's beaten you know the goat twice. So you would think he knows a thing or two, which he does know a thing or two. But it, you know, people say, oh, this this football team's got. Coughlin's imprint on it and you know it, it may because the the first Giants team I think they went like nine and seven snuck in the wild card won like their last five straight and then were able to get to the Super Bowl and, and win it so but Eli is a far better quarterback than Bortles will ever be it, it it's just tough and we'll see we'll see but to wrap things up we got some mid-season awards they're not too exciting <laughs> uh, but <laughs> when, when you think about it 
uh, best offensive player, I went with D.D. Westbrook just because when he has gotten the ball in space, he's done some good things. He's tough, tough as nails. Uh, JK3 went with TJ yeah, Yeldon. I mean, like I said, man, running back that's leading the team in receiving um, and or actually catches. I shouldn't say leading, like receiving yards, but catches and he's running the ball. He stepped up uh, in, in Fournette's uh, place. Is this a contract year for him? I think so. I, I think so. Yeah, this is it. I, I didn't know if it was a contract year for him or not, but uh, if it is, he's definitely doing his thing to be uh, show that he's a serviceable back. Um, you know, definitely going to be putting himself out there. Um, you know, if if we do get, if we do have the opportunity to see a Carlos Hyde, Leonard Fournette, TJ Yeldon, three headed monster, I mean, sky's the limit, right? Yeah, yeah, sky is the limit and beyond. Um, it's tough because you know just the injuries that we've suffered. It just we never really got a chance to see what this roster could do with its potential, uh, full strength and having some familiarity right. with each other. But we'll see. Um, best offensive play, I got Cole's catch. Yeah, only play catch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got one one handed catch and about. 22 drops um, and Lambeau's 57 yarder, which that Bro. was a bomb dude. He, I, I mean, that is, that. that's probably been one of the bright spots. And it, it, it reminds me of he's getting the fanfare that Scobie had when, when Scobie like beat the Colts, uh, when Scobie was just automatic. Uh, it, it's just really good to see that I can walk away when I see him coming out. And this is, I'm knocking on wood, but if I see them, you know, lining up for a field goal, um, you know, I'm kind of confident I can kind of walk away now and, you know, grab a beer uh, and get ready for the commercial break and get ready, you know, knowing that it's going to be three. But, yeah, I think that that has been probably one of the bright spots, uh, you know, Lambo. But that 57-yarder, man, if anybody knows anything, uh, watch the game from the logo. That That's unreal. Uh, best defensive player, I went uh, – yeah, I went with, uh, you know, Yannick Ngakwe. Again, he's just – you, you got to account for him. The pressures are one thing, but actually watching this guy fight through the double teams and then the chips from the linebacker or from the running back and still getting, you know, his still getting, you know, some sacks, still creating that disruption. Um, you know, that that's helped. I just wish that the disruption would have turned into, you know, some takeaways. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I went with Yannick too, just you know, outstanding motor, outstanding player. The, the sacks and turnovers are going to come. They just got to keep working. They just got to keep You could put Miles Jack in there too, right? As maybe like a one B, yeah, yeah, you definitely could. Absolutely, you definitely could. Um, speaking um, of Jack, I got best defensive play of the year so far. Um, his return—that's the only uh, the reason why it's the only turnover that we've got that of uh, that that's really kind of been a direct leader to points. You know, like so interception return, sack return, or excuse me, sack fumble for return. So any any turnover that led you know to direct points, you got to go with that, right? Uh, against the Giants, even though it was early in the year, I had to look. I had to dig way back. I was like, "Dang, that that was against the Giants, you know." So, first game of the year, but uh, <laughs> hopefully, we can uh, we can have some stuff in the second half. I went with the Camber, Campbell Fowler sack fumble that got called back, um, just because it was it was cool to watch. Was Gabbert get absolutely right. hammered? But unfortunately, Mariota came in the game and basically ran dink and dunk offense and beat us like nine six. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's the play I went with just because you know being right there in the stadium, seeing that, and and watching 
him get creamed. And then, you know, we're, we're thinking we're picking up the ball about to run it back, you know, inside the red zone. And uh, it was a dumb call, dumb call by, by the refs. But, hey, we got eight more games. Yeah. Let's enjoy them. Let's really, you know, hopefully the team, they do something. I don't know what they need to do, but they, they got to do something. If not, we're, we're going to be looking at a long, long offseason and a long offseason that the players and fans just don't want to be a yeah, part of. Yeah, I hear so. you. Um, before we do wrap, we've got a suggestion from Twitter, um, at Dylan Kearns 14. Uh, he's uh, for Offensive Player of the Year. He's saying DD's uh, catch – uh, versus the Patriots, that was his long one, right? The long, yeah, yeah, the, run, yeah, the long line. TD cast that he's got, and Dante strip sack of Brady. Both of those games came into, or both of those plays came into what I hope is not our Super Bowl this year. Um, but you know, we we really do appreciate you know everyone following us on Twitter, some of the interaction that we're getting on Twitter. If you're not following us, follow the show at Down by the Bank. Um, you can follow uh, Derek at the T-H-A-D-R-O-C, and you can follow me at J-K the third, uh, you know, on Twitter. If you are listening as well on uh, iTunes or any other platform as well, we do appreciate five-star reviews and any other feedback from us as well. Um, I don't know about you, man. Next week may take the day off from watching football, may just do like a little fancy football check-in. You know, what about you? What are your plans for the for the bye week on Sunday? <laughs> You're not getting any Christmas decorations now? <laughs> plop for those of you that don't know when 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 your rear hits the couch a right way, right way you hear this <laughs> plop sound that's what i'm looking forward to right there plop the only person that's going to be allowed to touch me climb on me is my daughter okay she can you know use my legs as jungle gym bars like she usually does and tries to take the remote and take off running she, she's the only one that's getting an excuse that day so i hear you i hear you well thank y'all for listening and uh, we'll see you next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.